Hey friends, I hope you're having an amazing day. This is a shameless plug going out for my free cycling downloads where you can find my top nine fave hill climbing drills, my bike bin checklist, and my most recent upload, Cycling Snacks. Such a great way to make your own healthy snacks for training inside, outside, racing, or for the family. Go to askcoachsylvie.com and download them today. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daewoo, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Hey gang, Sylvie Dewey here of Secrets in the Saddle podcast and guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a race review on Barry Roubaix. Look at my little race cap. Got this at the store. And um, so, gosh, special thanks to um, some friends who came through. You know what? The thing about um, asking is you have to ask for certain things. And I was just so grateful um, to have met up with certain, a bunch of girls from the Women's Gravel page on Facebook. And also I got to hang out with uh, Will from Floyd's of Leadville Cycling. Thank you for this amazing shirt. We hung out, I helped him with the tent. But before we get into the, the fun stuff, and I'm gonna share with you everything that I did to get prepared, is I want you to go to askcoachsylvie.com and check out my free downloadables. Okay, so there are a couple snacks that I use that I put that I put up there as a snack downloadable um, for cycling. And I I can tell you that's probably one of the things that saved me. I didn't rely on the race food that they were handing out. Um, and uh, I brought mostly whole food with me. So you can, you, you should consider preparing that way yourself and not relying on complete sugar because at the end of the day, at the end of the season, that stuff really plays havoc with your stomach. So anyways, go to the free downloadables, check them out, go to the cycling snacks, download that one. Um, there's a couple other ones. Uh, there's another, there's a list of items for a bike bin. So I'm going to show you my bike bin here. And, uh, anyways, so go there and get that right now. And also don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram, uh, Secrets from the Saddle podcast. You can follow myself. Um, and so here it goes. Now, <laughs> I was fully expecting and preparing to camp. 
And if you were following along with that race, it friggin' snowed. And thank God it snowed and it didn't rain because snow is way better than rain as you know or probably appreciate. Um, but I also started asking around about, you know, if, if I could crash on some, at somebody's place. And I had um, a friended Will from Floyd's of Leadville and um, I had interviewed him. So that podcast has not come out yet. So make sure that you're following your pod, the podcast um, and you put the notification on so you don't miss an episode. And I asked him and I noticed that he was going there. He, they were one of the sponsors. I was like, hey, I'll see you there. We'll see have a beer and blah, blah, blah. And then I was just, you know, I was like, where are you staying? Do you mind, you know, like, and, um, and anyways, I ended up, um, bunking with him and I also helped him put up the tent and things like that. So it was a really cool synergy to, to help out somebody that I knew that was, you know, had a sponsorship tent and everything. So certainly grateful that I was not camping and I was able to stay. And also I met quite a few people at the hotel from Brampton. Hey girls. So Carol and Sherry and the boys, um, have already recruited them for next year. Um, so we're going to bring more women to the event because, oh my gosh, it is hard. It was a hard event, but here's the thing that I find for me, it's a mindset going into it. And if you look at the, the course right here, you'll notice there are so many, it's not like a square, right? It's like there's small sections all the time. You're always turning right, left, right, left. And if you just ride that section and then you, oh my gosh, you turn the corner and there's another cool section. And then, you, and the, before you know it, you're at the last food station and you're like less than 10 miles from the finish. I really, really, I think that's probably one of the, the most cool things about that race. Cause it's just, there's so many different cool sections. It's like gravel to road, to sand, to beautiful winter scenery. I mean, it snowed the night before. So everything was covered with snow. It was so gorgeous. Or maybe I was the only one, but honestly, when you race, you got to stop and like, take a look around regardless if you're going, um, super fast. So let's get into my race prep. Now you can follow this along. You can implement this. I find the more prepared you are, the better it is, right? I'm sure you feel that in other instances of your life. And maybe if, if you aren't one of those organized people that maybe just this part of your life, you can get organized so that you don't feel stressed. One thing I've always said from the beginning of my cycling career. And when I started racing in 2005, the less stress you feel heading to the race start, the better your event is going to be right? You know how that feels. So you, you make sure you have everything in check. You're not like running around for food, last minute, pumping tires, like forget it. Make sure that you're always in check and you prepare and you bring everything, just bring everything. So you don't go, Oh my gosh, I forgot that. Oh my gosh. You know, that is the worst you can ever 
feel is like, shit, I really wanted that jacket. That was my key jacket. And I totally forgot it because I was distracted doing something else. So let's just talk about Wednesday. So I started preparing my stuff basically on Monday. Um, bikes, um, getting that together, um, pulling all my camping stuff together, getting the tent ready, you know, start kind of like piling everything in one corner that I knew it was going to go into the car. I got an oil change. Um, I, on Wednesday, like I got an oil change. I got my rapid test, uh, got money. So I didn't have to think about that, um, for the rest of the week. And then, um, on Thursday, that was when, like I packed the car Friday, Wednesday, so I packed everything, uh, Thursday. So Wednesday, like clothes, bike bin, like everything was packed and ready to go. Thursday, all I had to do was put some key things into the car, like my computer and my bike bin and my clothes and my food. Oh, that's another thing. Pulling all my favorite foods together. There's nothing worse than not having food when you travel. Okay. Like, I don't know how much money I saved doing that and stress of trying to find stuff. So I had two bags full of food. I had non-perishables and, um, like I made sweet potato mix. I had meat. I had, um, like crackers, I had cheese, like I had all these jams, uh, all these, everything together, like more food than I actually needed. Um, and so I made sure on Wednesday, again, all that was packed, like basically the whole week I was like pulling things together, finding things, um, like just making sure that I had everything in one spot and, so by Thursday, I was able to just jump in my car. I did a couple last minute things and set out on my drive. Now, my plan, and I stuck with my plan. I could have deviated from my plan, but I wasn't sure. My biggest hurdle was getting across the border as a non-vax person. I got my test. I paid 80 bucks for that. Fuck. <laughs> and, and when I crossed the border, I was like, okay, I'm going to start Ogdensburg. Ogdensburg is probably the farthest away from Hastings, Michigan ever. <laughs> but I was like, if I don't cross here, then I can go to the next one and the next one. And I know Sarnia is the closest. Like, don't tell me. I know. I know now. I came back through Sarnia. Two hours, like, difference in drive time. Seriously. Um, and, uh, so anyways, I got across, no questions asked. So I'm on my way and like, have you ever had this little panic attack that, you know, so I had everything in my car, right? I don't need food. All I need to do is stop for gas, go to the bathroom. That's it. I had water. I had everything. I had my mix. And, um, so the GPS sends me either towards Buffalo and I come down through Syracuse and got kind of a little bit lost. And I was like, fuck, I don't want to go through another big city. I might, you know, get turned around in there. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go over land, like cut through, 
from like basically Syracuse to Cleveland. Okay, the, just take a look at that. And so I was either like Buffalo and down or straight across. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go straight across. It kind of looks like the same. Um, a little bit of difference in time, right? When it's mapped out. But honestly, all I could think of when I was down there, I was like on these back roads, like single lane, like a little bit dirt. I'm like, oh, it's like a deliverance, like all these really bad movies, you know, stemming around people who get um, caught up in like getting lost in the States in the back country. Anyways, I was close to Mennonite country and so I felt a little bit better and it was during the day at night I probably would have had a serious panic attack. So that was Thursday and I uh, came up to Cleveland around 7 p.m. So I've been driving since like 1030 to 7. So that's about nine hours. And I phoned my husband. I'm like, can you find me a hotel like somewhere out of Cleveland? towards Toledo. Um, and that's where I stayed that night. Now, what you didn't know about if you've been following the story, like my posts on Instagram, like I put a bunch of posts there, like, um, you know, stories is that somewhere between leaving that hotel room on Friday and making it to my car, I think it was just all my bags. I pulled, I'm almost there, pulled a muscle in my back. So if you've ever pulled a muscle in your back, I started having like serious issues trying to breathe and like, like actually it still hurts when I do that, but very little, like I could not get a full breath in. I was like, Oh my God, this is so strange. What the hell happened? I, I couldn't think of anything where I was like, Oh, Oh, I pulled something. But oh my gosh, was it painful? And I'm like, oh fuck. Like you think about like trying to breathe heavy or even sneezing, painful. So anyways, my plan on Friday was to, I had three hours to Hastings and I was going to get there for 12 o'clock to set up my team tent. So it's my cycle fit chicks tent because I had organized with a bunch of girls off the women's gravel page to meet there. So we had a place like a meeting place and the place to like hang out under the roof and, and get a little bit warm. Um, and I want a good spot and I'm always like that. I'm always early first on the scene. And, um, I was pretty close to being first, um, got a good spot, met up with a couple girls, um, and, uh, so that was good. We were right on like the main line. Um, you can see the pictures right here. And, um, so that was good. Got that set up, figured out how I could go get my, uh, rapid test for, um, Saturday. So which there's a Walgreens straight around the corner. Thank God. So went and booked that and, um, and so I'm good. Uh, my friend Will showed up. I helped him um, unpack his van and set up his tent. And then we went to the, to the hotel. So, oh, we went and got our race pickup. Like, check out these, these pictures. I mean, this place was well organized. 
unbelievable. So anyways, got all that done. Um, and, uh, then Friday night in the hotel, uh, went out for supper, started putting together all the food and food. And so this is, these are the packages that I used right here for my food. And there's the, the reusable food pouches and they're freaking amazing. You can pack so many calories in there. So I had two with two bars. And, um, so I've had one was full of sweet potato mix and some peanut butter and nuts. And then the other one had, um, overnight oats and chia seeds. So those two right there is what I had plus an isogenics bar plus an isogenics snack bar. And I had an extra gel just in case. So that's what I rode with plus one water, one bottle with, um, my amped nitro right here and my amped hydrate. So that's was in my water bottle. But honestly, I think I only drank two water bottles that whole five hours of racing. Crazy. Like, so, so this is what I had this bag right here on my top tube, which is what I purchased at Bush Taka to put all my food in and my phone. So this was, this is amazing pouch, by the way, I have a small one, like super tiny. Uh, I really need to upgrade because it was way too small. Um, now a couple other things, knowing that that morning, Saturday morning, supposed to have been snowing all night long. It's supposed to stop snowing around 10. So we're expecting wet and cold and wind, right? So this is what I had on my hands. I had these little gloves. Okay, I'll find the other one. Amazing. These are from Decathlon. Really good. I can use my phone with these. Pair of ski gloves right here, hands down. I'm so glad I had those. And hot shots. I had one set of hot shots that lasted the whole four hours and I put those in. And so what I did is like when my, my, my hands started overheating, I just took the winter shells off and I hung them on my handlebars actually off of my, um, my Garmin. So I just hung them there. And then when my hands started cooling down, then I put them back on, I warmed them up. I took them off. I warmed them up. I took them off. And therefore I had absolutely no problems with my hands over the five hours. So thankful. Um, for my shoes, I check out this page, this picture. This is what I had for my shoes. I had alpaca. So this is, this is what I was thinking. Like, I'm not going here to win. I'm just going here to finish and have a good time and assess for next, for other races for next year. So I put flat pedals on my bike. I decided to wear my hiking shoes because they were wider and they were more comfortable than my road, my, my, uh, mountain bike shoes and previous, my mountain bike shoes have given me some problems. So I didn't want to have that, even though I was clipped in big deal, you know, 
So what I did is I took the insoles out, I put these alpaca insoles in, so my feet never got cold from the bottom, and I put them into my hiking shoes. I then put, again, hot shots on my toes on the outside, and I put these Louis Garneau uh, booties on top. So literally they were stay warm and dry and the hot, sh oh, here, here's one that was left in there from before, maybe the other ones in there. Um, so that was amazing. My feet did get cold, but they did not freeze like to the point where I was going to cry. Um, so I'm, I'm happy I did that because again, hundred kilometers, five hours. I'm like, I might've started off warm, but throughout that time I could have got really, really cold. A lot of people DNF'd because of that. So what do you do? Would you rather DNF because you didn't like dress appropriately or would you want to look a little bit more ridiculous, be totally warm and finish, right? So that's, that's, that's me. Now, so hands and feet. Oh yeah. And I had these light socks on. Thank you, Floyd. Rock and socks. I'm going to find the other one. And, um, so for my core, I had this undershirt from BME. So wicking it's, uh, one of these super cool. I love it. So that was really good. My core never got like overheated. I had this Heli Hansen. I've had this for years. And the thing is that it's high on the neck and it zips open so I could easily cool down. And I did a couple times and this jacket, this jacket is freaking bomb proof. It's great for the wind. Um, and I had my Gore-Tex jacket on. Now the thing is that I could have, Hey, I could have, probably avoided my Gore-Tex jacket and gone with my wind jacket as, um, as something extra as a windbreaker. However, what I did was I just took my, my Gore-Tex jacket off and wrapped it around my waist. And I was able to bike majority of the time without the jacket on. However, at the end, after I stopped, after we stopped at, um, the last stop for, uh, to just go to the bathroom, you know how you don't want to stand around too long, stood around a little bit longer, got chilled, put my jacket on super grateful and it worked out. Now on the bottoms, um, I don't have a, here's a picture. So I had, um, a pair of thin try shorts underneath. So I've experienced this before you like, you can wear longer, like chamois pants, like long pants. But I find that if you don't have another layer underneath your ass and your hamstrings get super cold and it's not very comfortable. Actually, it's, you know, it doesn't like your cold muscles don't work very well. So I had, short shorts, very thin. And I had a long pair of winter tights with a chamois in them. Now 
I hate putting that chamois against my skin. So I always wear thin shorts underneath and they worked out real. What I did in addition is I wore Gore-Tex pants and I'm pretty happy that I did. Not that it was wet, but it was windy. And maybe those leggings would have held the wind because they do have a little bit of um, a covering in them. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I was totally fine because I could zip out the sides and air out. It was funny because it felt like my ankles were sweating, but anyways, and my helmet, I had my helmet, I had a headband, um, headband here and a hat on top. And that was totally fine. Um, what else? P da, da, da. The only thing I really kind of wish I had, and I didn't bring like a neck warmer, like a buff, because usually that's the first thing that I rip off. So I was like, I won't. But the thing is that my neck was getting cold. I can feel it. And then it started going down my back. And if you've ever felt that, you know, you feel like you get a back cold. Anyways, I was kind of feeling like that. Kind of wish I had that on there, but everything else was totally fine and awesome. Now let's talk about the race course. Now, remember I was saying that, um, I had these like shortness of breath basically. So I was in wave four for the 62 miles. Um, there's four waves, right? And then after there was like 36 mile and the 18 mile that were behind us. And, um, you, when you start the first thing you take that left and it's called the three sisters. So as soon as I got on that, and my heart rate started to elevate, I could hardly breathe to bring it down. And I was like, oh, fuck, <laughs> what am I going to do? Because I could hardly breathe to bring my heart rate down as it was elevating. So then I decided, okay, okay, I'm just gonna have to take it slow, super low gear, I had three chain rings, for each of the hills. And if you've ever been on this course, that's all it is. It's rollers, one roller after the other. And I think, so once I figured that out and I was able to bring down my heart rate, I'm like, okay, that's just what I'm going to have to do because it literally was so painful. I would hot, I would end up probably hyperventilating if I were to try and breathe it out. Like it was painful and like I was saying, it still is, but not as painful. It's like being punched in my back scapula right here and hurting right here, like straight through me. So that's just what I did. I was like, I'm just going to take a chill, you know, like I'm not here to win. I'm going to win. Um, and, um, and I'm just going to enjoy it and finish. Right. So I was like, what if I can't finish? What if I can't breathe and like pass out? Um, so, so yeah. Oh, I'll talk about my bike. Now I brought, I borrowed my girlfriend's cyclocross, um, specialized, which used to be mine. I sold it to her and I asked if I could borrow it. The thing is that I never got on it to ride. 
I rode it a little bit on the trainer, not the same. Um, and a gut feeling told me to bring my Bianchi, which was a, um, it was a rebuild from retro rides. Um, so right here, so check it out. Um, I got a compliment actually. <laughs> I'm like, Hey, Manon, there's a Bianchi. I'm like, yay, thanks for noticing. Um, and, uh, so I, I, it's just like, I think I should bring both bikes and decide. And I'm really glad I did because that one is really comfortable and I've raced on it before. And, um, when I, on Friday night, when I was trying both bikes, I was like, this one just feels better. Like it didn't feel wonky. And I was like, I wasn't completely trusting the specialized. However, it does have, it did have bigger wheels. It's definitely lighter and, um, thinner tires. And those tires would have been perfectly fine on this course. However, um, <laughs> everybody's home. So, so that's what I decided. So my Bianchi, uh, it's a refurb. It used to be a mountain bike. It's got drop shifters, not drop, like, um, bar shifters, um, super easy to manage. Um, and just super comfortable. So that's what I decided to put the flat pedals on there, right? For my shoes. And I rode that. So I'm just thinking, you know, if I ever get a proper gravel bike, super light, like what's, what's the abilities? What, what can I do with that? Right. Um, so anyway, so I'm on that bike and, uh, and there's another section. So literally, so super cool being on the course. Cause certain parts, there were like these bands playing. There was like this one, I took a picture here, check it out or a little video. I don't know if you can see this, but, um, of this kids, um, school band that we're playing like right after the three sisters, I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop and take a, take a video of this. Cause it's really cool. So here it is. Now, further down, uh, much further down, it's there's Seegers, Sagers. Anyways, I have no idea where the hell I was on the course. Like, I, I just kept on turning on. Yeah, okay, whatever. I don't know what I'm biking down. Um, there was a sandy or an overly sandy area. It must have been like 50 feet worth uh, of length. And um, I think that was Seegers that they're talking about. But if you're good on mountain biking and good on and confident on your bike, you can definitely ride through this. This little section was where, um, I, everybody got off their bike and just walked and ran it through. And then the rest of the stuff was totally bikeable. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like biking with confidence, like building your confidence and don't, you know, get lay on the brakes and, um, and you just keep riding, keep turning the pedals. Then the next one, there was one, it was called the wall. And <laughs> I remember there's this guy beside me. So there's another band at that one too, um, which is just really cool. Like there's always a volunteer because you're always turning. Like you're never on one section for very long until you turn to another one. So remember the mindset's like, I'm just going to finish this section. Then I'm going to do that one section and then that section. And 
it was really easy to be entertained and just look like just finish that one and then the next one. Um, and so there was this, it's called the wall. And I think that was the steepest. I think it was like 9% very mm -hmm. short. Like nothing is very long. Maybe there was like two sections on the road that were longer. Mm -hmm. Um, nothing like epic, nothing like, mm -hmm. you know, killer in my opinion, but that's my opinion. Somebody else might feel differently. Um, and then there's somewhere along the road where Will ended up meeting up, like crossing paths, I guess, because the 100 mile joins up with the 62 and then we all finish together. So <laughs> I was like biking up this hill. He's like, I feel his hand on my back. I'm like, oh my God, Will, how are you doing? Because I was like, concerned that he didn't have enough clothing on but he's a pro cyclist and anyways he stuck around with me and I'm like just go you're gonna freeze to death if you hang out with me so he left um and I started riding with this guy Mark from Chicago um and we just like hung out and rode together the whole way to the end I don't know maybe like 30 miles it's hard to say I have no idea anyways so really cool guy. Um, we had, we debated about the Olympics. We talked about tires and bikes and real estate. And so if you're not too serious, you could really meet a lot of cool people, right? I was by myself. He was by himself. His friend was way the hell ahead. And, um, and it's just amazing. So anyways, at the end, um, he and I, uh, we decided as a pact to, um, cause the fucking race finish was on a hill. I'm like, God, seriously, <laughs> why? Um, we're like, I'm like, you can have it. He's like, are you sure you're not going to like draft me and like sprint ahead? I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. But, and he's like, well, we can finish together. I'm like, yeah, photo finish. Anyways, there's nobody taking pictures, but, um, <laughs> But anyways, we finished together and it was really good. So I would estimate that it took me slightly over four hours because I stopped twice. And, um, if I'd been on a, uh, another bike, it probably would have been a little bit faster, but here's, um, a couple things that I didn't talk about that I just sort of breezed over was more race prep for the morning of your race. Um, I don't know how I got into all the racing while I was on my, my tangent there, but let's go back to mornings because these are so important. Um, and if you ever talk, uh, read Joe Friel's training book, it talks about nutrition in the morning. And if you ever, you know, been properly coached, your coach should tell you or help you out with nutrition in the morning. So the, the rule of thumb is that you start, you wake up and you start eating four hours before race time. Why four hours? Because the thing is you want to get in six to 800 calories before you hit your race start. Why? So that this, <laughs> this energy is digested. This food is digested. You have readily available energy 
for your event. And I had a coach back when I started in 2005, and this is what she taught us. I was like, what, really? Like four hours? But it makes sense. So I had like basically three meals before I started. And when I looked at my race um, stats, I, I burnt 2,000 calories over five hours. So 2,000 calories. And I, so I started with 600 to 800 calories, probably 800 calories in my system. So therefore, I needed like 1,200 calories to sustain me over the duration and keep my energy going. So I had a full thing of um, sweet potato, oats, two bars. That is probably 1,000 calories right there. So this is super important to get in and I don't understand how anybody can just race on coffee and, and oats or whatever, but try it because at the end, like I never felt like I was low energy and at the end of the race, I still find this amazing. Like I was not hungry, you know, cause I had still sustained energy. Um, I was not like ravenous because I didn't leave my body in a deficit. Um, so that's really important. And also you're planning out. So you have your race starts at 10. I started eating at six and then you have to say, okay, I want to get to the race at least an hour before, if not more, I, I usually two hours before race time, but it was cold. Why would I stand around the cold a little bit more, but I need to get there and park and close to the tent. So, I left at eight o'clock, which got me there at quarter to nine. I started at, at 10. So in that time I had like three meals. So six, seven 30 and eight 30. And so like when I started, like my stomach wasn't like, like I'm not feeling like I'm bloated, I'm overly full, like things have digested and I'm ready to use them. So that is really important. And like, if you want to reach out to me and ask more questions about that, please do, because it's really important because you never want to bonk, right? You want to set this up, set yourself up for success right from the get-go. If you don't know how to do it and you're curious or need some assistance or whatnot, then I will help you. All right. So putting that out there. Um, right. So that was pretty much the event. Um, like if it was nicer, there would have been more of an after party. But there was enough of an after party that I, I actually saw a couple people and I, I, I saw my friend Britt Lee, which, uh, when she came up here with a U.S. team to race at the UCI women's race event in Gatineau, her team stayed with me at my house. Like we put them up and it was so cool to see her. I wish I'd gotten a picture. Um, and, uh, ended up going to supper with Mark and meeting his friends. And that was like, 
amazing. I met a handful of girls from the gravel page. So Rebecca and Nikki and Laura and uh, Nicole and Valerie. Um, and uh, that was really cool too. So I'm just super pumped about gravel. And <laughs> I'm a race organizer for a time trial and I'm just like so unmotivated right now to put that together. But um, thing is that Anyways, everybody should go um, and and participate because like there's four different distances, right? You got 100 mile, 62, 36, and 18. There's something for everybody. And I know not everybody would travel the distance, but next year I believe this event is going to be in April. I think it had something to do with Easter. I'm not sure. Um, but... I will be setting up another interview with Matt Acker of Barry Roubaix because I have a bunch of questions for him. Now that I participated, um, I have questions for him. And if you have questions for them, or if you want to have questions, um, ask me more questions about the event, please put them in the comments. Um, or I hope you're watching this on YouTube. You can put that in the comments there. You can DM me on Instagram, uh, through the podcast or personally. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll be talking to Matt again. And like I said, this event was spectacular. Like if you were prepared and properly dressed, you would have had amazing time. And I know, like, like I said, a lot of people DNF, a lot of people didn't even show up because of the the, the weather. And to me, that makes my odds pretty uh, much better. <laughs> so I'm like, I wouldn't have driven down there for anything less than a hundred kilometers. Um, but the thing is that racing at this time of the year has been unheard of for me. Like my training is just taken a whole different level since last year. And I'm just super excited to see where my training and event participation is going. Um, I love representing, you know, so looking for sponsors, just putting that out there. Um, also product reviews. If you have interesting cycling related products, uh, message me, send me the products. I will product review them on my podcast and on YouTube. So with that, everyone, I think I've checked off everything. I wrote down some notes here. Um, oh yeah. Getting back to Canada. I forgot to mention that I had to get back to Canada. <laughs> so yesterday, um, left around 11 o'clock. It took three hours to get to the border. So by far, it is way faster to go straight down from Ottawa to Sarnia and over, hands down. Um, and uh, and um, because I had my rapid test, I got my result. And um, all I had to do was they let me in. They asked me some questions. I had to send in a swab today to be analyzed. Um, and, uh, that was it. So there you go. We can go across this, the border. We just have a couple steps. Um, and, uh, yeah.
super excited about that too. So with that, everyone, um, don't forget to go check out my free downloads um, and uh, especially the cycling snacks. I'm creating more as I test them and I'm going to be sharing them with you because I find that it's better to eat whole food over sweets. It's better for your stomach. It's better for your energy output and it's cheaper. So with that, Thank you so much. Have an amazing day. I hope you enjoyed this race review. Um, and uh, yeah, it was good. Like I just sat there. I'm like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. Here's a picture of like everything was covered with snow. We're just biking down like a gravel pathway. And it was like, it was really nice. It was really nice. Anyways, I maybe look at races a little differently than other people, but from my adventure racing background, it's better to chunk things up into sections um, and never look at the big picture because you would completely overwhelm yourself. Um, but with that, have an amazing day. Enjoy and put this on your calendar for next year. All right, DM me if you have questions. Um, but don't forget to get those free downloads. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.